the beginning of April every year, on April 8th, in the Japanese Buddhist context, we celebrate the Buddha's birthday. It's interesting that we call it actually the Buddha's birthday. Yet at the same time, the story of Siddhartha is told. How he became the Buddha. It's interesting to see how the human mind and human culture changes historical events. I'm pretty sure that Siddhartha, who was born in northern India, in Kapilavastu, that's the place where he was born, into a fairly well-off family. I'm pretty sure that Siddhartha was born like all of us were born conceived between a man and a woman, residing for nine months in the mother's womb and entering this world in natural birth. But if we read the legends that formed after the actual person, Siddhartha, had passed away, the stories, of course, changed. Legend has it that a Buddha was born from his mother's armpit. As she was stretching up to touch flowers that were hanging down from probably a blooming tree in the spring, out of her armpit, the Buddha was born. The Buddha was born and took steps in the seven directions and spoke the traditional sentence that is ascribed to the baby Buddha speaking in Japanese reads Tenjo Tenge Yuiga Dokuson Above and below the heavens I alone am the honored one. It's interesting what we human beings do by telling stories. And we have to be aware that these are stories. I can certainly imagine that some of our Buddhist friends who are literal in terms of understanding the scriptures and the legends, that they might believe that the Buddha was born from his mother's armpit. They might literally believe that he walked and took the seven steps and spoke. And that's perfectly okay, too. There is no harm in having beliefs. Of course, from the point of view of Zen practitioners, we have to be careful that these beliefs do not turn into hindrances. No fixation on them. No fixation on identity. No fixation on opinion. No fixation on belief. So be that as it may. Celebrating the birth of Siddhartha Gautama, of the human being who grew up in fairly wealthy 
for the time surroundings. Yet, being an example that the universe, the cosmos, the Dharma activity presents us in our lives, not necessarily with what we want, but certainly with what we need. One of the significant events for the Buddha was that his mother died soon after his birth. So he grew up without his mother. His father tried to shelter him, to shelter him from the various disappointments, from realizing that his mother was not there, from not having to experience pain, disappointment, longing, and all of that. And that apparently worked out for some time. But as nature has it, Siddhartha wanted to leave the sheltered life and go out beyond the walls. May they be walls of protection that were truly walls of stone or walls of sheltering him in any other way. He went out into town. And of course, the famous story tells us that he encountered the human manifestations of old age, seeing an old, ugly, decrepit human being of sickness, seeing sick people suffering from various bodily afflictions, and finally seeing a corpse coming in touch with death and the finite nature of our human existence. And there was a fourth thing that he saw, which we usually do not name. We always speak about old age, sickness and death. But he also saw a holy man And these experiences led him to leave his comfortable life and to look deeper into what human existence means. Celebrating the birth of the Buddha, the birth of Siddhartha, is celebrating our birth, celebrating that we, as human beings, exist in this world with consciousness, with self-consciousness, the ability to feel, the ability to perceive through our senses, the ability to think, the ability to abstract, but also the ability of intuition. Throughout our lifetime, we learn about freedom and we long for enhancing the freedom that we have. 
at first we might mistake freedom with the ability to act willfully. And often, if we act willfully in an unreflected way, we act self-centered, in a self-centered way, causing harm. Intentional harm at times and unintentional harm at other times. In fact, our mere existence in the overall picture of this world is inherently harmful. Even though we vow not to kill, our body kills constantly that what we call carriers of sickness, that what we call food. May it be food from living creatures that have some kind of awareness. May it be living creatures that we call insentient vegetables. And what we learn over time is that in order to exist and to pay back and to reconcile with this kind of harmful existence, we need to practice. As we become aware of it, our life changes and freedom is understood in a completely different way. We learn to become free from that what is our biggest restraint, that what really restrains us or holds us back. Shackles, chains of self, of identity. That's what Siddhartha did. And what we encounter in this practice on our way might be a lot of suffering, a lot of challenges. It is not easy to sit down and practice Zazen and meet these challenges face to face, head on, without running away. In the beginning, we might try to gloss over them and to ignore them and to stay in single-minded concentration and trying to shut out that what faces us. But what we really learn over time, over the decades that we spend in this kind of life is that these so-called afflictions, these tragedies, these traumata are the very opportunities for us to develop true freedom. In the Diamond Sutra, it is said that these beings that are afflicted with what might be called bad karma and who suffer through all kinds of terrible circumstances, by the very nature of being presented with that 
they have the opportunity to be liberated. If everything were truly in order from the very beginning, a practice would not be necessary. And there might be human beings who feel that way. However, there are other human beings who deeply feel that not everything is in order from the very beginning because they have an individuality, the idea of a separated identity, an ego entity. And by working on that, and by working through it, by facing the opposition of objects, the opposition with the world, the separateness, the distance that is created because there is a fixated self. That is the practice that leads to greater freedom and ultimately to the ability to be free from self. Now we have to be really careful here because when we talk about it, it sounds two-dimensional we might develop an understanding that freedom from self is the good thing. And to be in a self with a self is not good. But that is not the case. We have to lift ourselves off that flat-faced place, that two-dimensional thinking of good and evil, of plus and minus, and come into a multi-dimensional world that is encompassing all aspects, all the pluses, all the minuses, all the men, all the women, all the suffering, all the joys, and truly is complete. So what we truly have to develop is the ability to be self 100% as we have to develop the ability to be without self, completely. And as I'm sitting here, the thought of, well, what is the only thing that we know for sure is? The answer that comes to mind is that, well, the only thing that we can be sure of is that our human lifespan is limited. But again, Zen practice cannot even allow itself to make a statement like that because a statement like that is firmly rooted in a two-dimensional understanding of past and future, of limited and unlimited. In the world of shunyata and the shunyata of shunyata, even a statement saying that we know anything for sure is just not possible. 
It's a fairly safe assumption, because so far nobody has gotten out alive. But we have to be careful that a statement like that is not one of those fetters, one of the chains that keeps us firmly tied to a two-dimensional world of thinking in opposites. So happy birthday, all of us. Happy birthday to this wonderful journey we are on, to that wonderful journey that will allow us to investigate this over and over again and to give thanks for the opportunity to practice, to give thanks for everything that comes from the universe so freely to us and to face it with open heart, open mind, ready to give away everything that we think we are or we have. Happy birthday, Buddhas.